0: Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, really appreciate it this week interviewing tori Husk. now she's kind of part of the series of interviews i had several months ago with collegiate athletes uh... you know if if you recall i i spoke with a soccer player uh, i spoke a while back to someone who was a water polo player um, this one's in in more in the vein of of the water polo person because not just the 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 pool aspect, but the Olympic aspect. Tori went to the 2020 Olympics. Uh, she has aspirations for for the next Olympics as well. Her sport, um, her her discipline is butterfly. She and her team won the silver medal in the relay. Um, she came very very close to to being on the podium herself. We're going to talk about kind of that. Uh, I guess there was challenges there because she was literally 0.1 second away from being on the podium. We've talked to somebody with that kind of aspect before. Definitely didn't want to jinx Tori, but remember that person I talked to with, with mogul skiing, uh, Jalen Koff, then went into the next Olympics and won the silver medal. So let's just uh, let's keep that streak going. Let's let's get Tori a gold. Uh, but I, I really enjoyed speaking with Tori. We're going to talk about growing up, being a swimmer as a child, and and uh, uh, funny she actually didn't really care for swimming. She said it was too cold, and, and she wasn't sure whether she liked it. But And then turning into uh, somebody who's not just a, a good college swimmer, um, not just a, a good you know high school swimmer, not just a good swimmer at all, but being on the national team. And not just being on the national team, but going to the Olympics. And not just going to the Olympics, but uh, almost getting on that podium. Not just almost getting on the podium, but holding multiple... American records when it comes to butterfly so I I just I learned so much from Tori she is a current Stanford student we're going to talk about the collegiate world and and what swimming collegiately looks like what swimming looks like with the Team USA Uh, we're going to talk about just her passions outside of swimming Ah, uh, funny, one of those passions, at least at the time we talked was napping. So uh, I, I interrupted her nap briefly to uh, to have this really awesome chat. So hope you enjoy this. Just whether you're big into swimming, uh, whether you you know nothing about it, um, this is just a fun conversation with somebody at uh, the top of their sport and and uh, and only rising. So I think you're gonna really enjoy this one. Do remember um, this was filmed a couple months ago. Uh, the queue was, which is long, so I hate that it does take sometimes some, some time to get these out, but uh, anything she says uh, that doesn't necessarily make sense there, it's because, you know, this is filmed, you know, in, in late April and it is August. So, um, you're going to enjoy this one. Tori's an awesome person. Here is Tori Husk. I'm here today with Tori Husk. Mr. Husk, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Hardest question of the whole evening. Just introduce yourself. Who's Tori?
1: Um, so hi, I'm Tori. Um, I come from Arlington, Virginia and I'm a swimmer. Um, I'm now a student at Stanford. So that's kind of just like the basics on me, I guess.
0: Then yeah, we'll, we'll dive into to quite a bit more of it, but you are a student at Stanford. We're going to get into that. It looks like, are you in a dorm room now? It kind of looks a little dormy in there.
1: Yeah, I'm in my dorm room right now. I'm really lucky because I have a two room double. Uh-huh. So I get my own room, which is really nice. And then I share my other room. Like there are two rooms and they're attached to each other. And my other roommate is a swimmer. So that's really fun.
0: That is nice. So there's no one else in your room. You didn't have to tell somebody, don't come in here for the next hour. I'm in a I'm in a meeting.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it's, it's really nice having your own space.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure it is. So, you know, you, you mentioned that you're a swimmer. That's what the bulk of what we're going to talk about is. And I, I guess we need to start kind of in the beginning. And that is, what started your passions for swimming? I think I read that swimming wasn't maybe the, your, your first love. It wasn't the sport that you, you thought you were going to get into. So let's talk about how you decided to, to pursue it.
1: Yeah. So I think that I got into swimming just because my parents wanted to expose me to a bunch of different sports just so that they, I could like kind of see what I, they wanted to see what I liked. So like I used to run, play soccer. I used to play viola, like take art classes. I even like, like, did a little bit of, like, theater. Like, I kind of did, like, everything, like, ceramics class. If I didn't swim, I would probably ice skate. That was, like, mm. my favorite out of all of them other than swimming. And honestly, in the beginning, I think I stuck with swimming on accident because I didn't really like it that much. I was always really cold. Um, and I used to wear a wetsuit to practice, like, every single day when I was little, which isn't really that, like, normal. It's not, like, typical for, like, little kids to do that but I would always wear my wetsuit to practice because I was cold and I would complain about it. But I think that my parents didn't realize how much I didn't like it. So I kind of just stuck with it until I actually started liking it. And um, I guess now I'm here, like it, it took me really far. Like it got me into Stanford and like took me like, as far as like the Olympics. So I'm really grateful for it.
0: Yeah. Well, a couple of questions to that. One, is that still a problem you have? Are you still really cold when you're swimming?
1: Um, not really. I mean, it is (laughs) kind of unfortunate or like not my favorite whenever I'm swimming here and it's like 40 degrees in the morning and it's an outdoor pool. But the water itself is never that cold. So that's nice. It's just like the outside temperature is really cold. But in general, that's not really an issue anymore.
0: Well, that's a good thing. So, you know, you talked about how you did all these other sports and you, you know, your parents maybe didn't know that you weren't a huge fan of, of swimming when, it, when you first started. So why, why did you wind up sticking with it? Was it simply because that's what you were the best at? Was it because your parents kind of kept you going that way? Or, or obviously we're talking to you as an Olympic swimmer, as a collegiate athlete in swimming. So something happened to make you be a swimmer and not an ice skater.
1: Um, eventually, I just started to like it. I don't know why. But I think that I just started to get good at it. And one of the things that I really like swimming is that you have like tangible evidence of like, like your improvement. And like, personal growth has always been really big for me. um, Because I mean, I feel like you won't really get that far if you're like constantly comparing yourself to others. So I wanted to just always make sure that I was dropping time. And it's just like very satisfying to see that result. And like, things like other sports, like, I'm just, like, going to put, like, soccer out, for example, like, you can obviously tell you're improving, but it's, like, much harder to, like, put your finger on, like, what exactly got better, and I feel like it's very, it's much easier to tell with swimming, especially, like, when you see the time on the board. Obviously, like, the mechanics and, like, the individual pieces of it, like, those are the things that actually, like, make you better, and, like, it's kind of hard sometimes to figure out, like, what aspect got better, but I feel like, in general, it's pretty easy to see your growth. And then the other thing that I really liked about swimming was just, like, the community. Because I was on my club team for my entire, like, life. It was, like, age, like, 5 to 18. And I never switched. And and I just love my friends there. And some of my best friends, like, Natalie Martin, she goes to Lehigh. um, And we're, like, still in touch and we talk all the time. But, like, I met some of my best friends through that. So that's kind of why I really like the sport.
0: That that makes sense, and I just you, know, you you picked a you picked a good sport because I just talked to a collegiate soccer player. It, it just shows that everyone's a little obviously different. That's what makes the world go mm-hmm. round. But it is she almost said the exact opposite of why she liked soccer, and it was because you know these individual sports you are completely judged on yourself and the time and everything is just you. So that creates a little bit more pressure. So how have you been able to manage that if your time is you know, not what you want it to be. Obviously there's not a team around it. It's not that anyone else is maybe doing something wrong and you all just have to get together. It really is some, it's just you, there's no one else. Cause it's not a, uh, it's not a team sport. So How do you manage that?
1: Yeah. So obviously the pressure just in general is a really big thing, but from an early age, my dad kind of taught me that like pressure is really important and you can actually channel it and use it to your advantage. So that's kind of what I have learned to do. And I feel like now I'm better at swimming without pressure. But there was like a long period of time where like if it wasn't a big me or like the stakes were really high and that pressure wasn't there, like I wouldn't perform as well. I wouldn't like come close to my best times. But I feel like the pressure, if you like have the mentality that like this is going to make you better and that you can like convert this nervous energy into adrenaline for your race, that will be useful. And if you have that like thought process, it can actually be really useful.
0: Now mm. yeah, that, that makes sense. I think some people, you know, some people crumble under the pressure and some people that motivates a minute. It sounds like it's something that motivates you. So that's, that's pretty cool. So I want to talk to you now about, you talked about how you're on the, the same club team from, you know, when you were young, all the way up to 18, what does the process look like of, of joining the, the U S swim team? Obviously you went to the Olympics, so there has to be a time that that you did that. So, you know, I've talked to Olympians in all kinds of other sports and I, every every sport it's a little bit different so what's that process look like for a swimmer
1: yeah so i think that i first joined the national team in maybe like 2019 or something like that it was right after world junior or junior worlds that me and i kind of i skipped over like the junior national team i just went straight to the national team because the national team takes the top 6 in every event but the, as for like the olympics that's decided a couple months before the actual Olympics and it's um, at trials and they only take the top two in each event so obviously going into Olympic trials I was really nervous because I've never gone to that meet before and everyone just said like it's going to be so much bigger than anything you've ever experienced and it definitely was it was an exhausting meet also I don't think I've ever felt as like mentally and like physically and emotionally drained after a meet as I did then maybe the Olympics but at the Olympics, I wasn't also swimming as many events as I was at trials, because there's also prelims, semis, and finals. So it's just like a lot to take in and handle. But yeah, I qualified for the Olympics like through trials. That's kind of how it works.
0: So what was I mean? What was that like to to qualify for the Olympics? What What did I mean? I feel like that's not a, an experience that most people have. So talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. It was obviously, like, a very surreal, like, moment for me. And I remember setting the American record in semis. And in my head, I was still, like, like, what if I don't make it? Like, at finals, I was still, like, super nervous about it because I was, like, seated to, like, make it. But I obviously, like, you can never, like, be so sure. Like, you could get DQ'd. Like, there are so many different variables that could happen. But um, in finals, I broke it again. And I just remember – I don't even know how to, like, describe it. It was just, like, a very – surreal feeling and I actually made it next to um my friend Claire Curzan and we would later be teammates together she now goes to Stanford so it was very cool and we didn't know each other that well at the time but we really like bonded together in Tokyo and then now obviously we're even closer
0: so I want to I want to ask you about your experience in the Olympics it was the 2020 Olympics there was the COVID Olympics which is was a very different experience I know you know there's there's people that's been to a lot of them, and they said that was a, that was the most strange one. So, obviously, you didn't know any other ones, but what was that experience like for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, the veterans did say, like, I would, like, constantly hear that, like, it just, like, felt weird. Or, like, felt so different from normal. But, obviously, I didn't really have anything to compare it to. I will say it was, like, kind of weird how, like, sectioned off we were from everyone. Like, we weren't really allowed to interact with even, like, other members on the USA team. Like I remember one one time we were going to go get massages in the USA team area. And then they just, we found out that like a bunch of the track athletes had just tested positive. So they were like, do not go, do not interact with them. So it was very much like closed off. Um, Another thing that was kind of weird was we weren't allowed to go to opening or closing ceremonies. It was like 24 hours after you finished your last event, Mm -hmm. you had to leave. So I didn't even get to stay for that. So that was kind of a bummer, but um Overall, I mean, I didn't really have anything to compare it to, so I, I don't know. Yeah, and that
0: is obviously the the huge difference is you didn't have that camaraderie when it comes to the Olympic Village and all that kind of stuff. So I, uh, I I wonder when it comes to the Olympics, you didn't have anything to compare it to. You've already said that, but when you got there and you started competing, what's some things that maybe surprised you about the, the process and what it was than, uh, than, than what you thought it was going to be?
1: Um, I remember, I think the biggest adjustment for me was that finals were at night and or finals were in the morning and for all my big races in the past finals were, I think they were always at night and I feel like I'm more of like a night swimmer. So that was definitely like a big adjustment for me because I think prelims were in the afternoon and I think semis were too. They might have been in the morning. I'm not really sure. But um, something that I did to kind of like combat this was I would take like morning showers and this would help me like raise my internal body temperature. Cause when you first wake up, you're like colder. So it like helps you like wake up. So that's something that I did. That was different.
0: Yeah. And I want to ask about the experience of actually winning a medal. Cause I know that you, your team with the relay won the silver medal, what was that like? You know, winning an Olympic medal is, is, is an amazing thing representing your country. Is awesome and to be able to to bring some some hardware homes off even more amazing so talk a little bit about that
1: yeah um i was very excited for that opportunity because i had never been on the podium before and um our mixed relay like things didn't go as well as we had hoped and then um same with my individual so i was very excited just to be on the podium and to kind of like represent team usa and we had such an amazing group of ladies on that relay. So I was just very thankful to get to experience that with them.
0: For sure. And let's talk about that, that flip side in the, uh, the, the, individual experience, because, I mean, you sound like somebody who kind of thrive on that pressure and you thrive on, on, I guess, getting better and better and better. And I know on, in your individual event, I think that you were like 0.1 second away from the podium, which, is, I mean, that can't be, that can't, you know, be amazing, but what was, I guess, what was that experience like, you know, to, to be pretty close. I feel like this, is that it, you could take it two ways, obviously that can crush you, which it, it didn't do, or it can, you know, motivate you and drive you for, uh, you know, for the future. So talk a little bit about, about that.
1: Yeah. I got out touched by like 0.01. So that was like devastating. Cause you like, just think about all the things that um, you could have done differently and it's like, like your touch, your start, if you had just like done an extra kick. So that was um, really frustrating and it, it, it's very, like, it was very disappointing. But um, I think that in the following year, I really used that disappointment kind of to my advantage and I really um, trained really hard that um the following year after the olympics i I had my freshman year at stanford and i think it was kind of good for me because i kind of had like a mental and like physical um reset um everything was different like the school the people the training and i think i really just like fell into that new change and i had a lot of trust in my new coaches and I just knew that they would take me where I wanted to be. And then I just really like fell back on my new teammates too, because I knew that they were like, I mean, they would push me every single day in practice and they were making me better. So I think that by really like kind of like falling into this, like new change, I was able to change my mentality around from disappointment to like motivation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll tell you something, but before I, before I do, I guess I've got to ask you, do you, I mean, do you have aspirations for for 2024? Is that something that you're you're working towards?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that I'm working towards. Next year, I'm going to be taking classes in the fall. And then Stanford's on the quarter system. So winter and spring quarter, I'm going to take off just so that I can completely dedicate myself to my training. And Claire's going to do the same. So we're kind of going to be in the same boat together. So it's going to be really nice to have someone else that's like going through the same thing with me.
0: So given that that's the case, then I'll tell you what I was going to say. And that is, I talked to about two years ago. Well, was it two years ago? It was, it was a little while ago. I talked to a U.S. mogul skier, same type of situation. She came in fourth just by just the, the a hair of a point, you know, that it's on the point system. But two months after we talked and two months after we put it all together, she went to the Winter Olympics. And she won a silver medal. So hopefully I can be good luck to you. That that's what's going to happen for you in 2024. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about, you know, you, you already talked a little bit about the preparation, the aspirations towards 2024, but I want to talk a little bit more about what that's going to look like. Um, you talk about the Olympic trials. It's actually, I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana. That's actually where you're going to have to come. If, uh, if, you know, you, you come and do that. So what does that look like is, you know, you you were already on the U.S. team. Is it something that you continuously try out for and continuously work towards? Is it something that, given that you've been to an Olympics before, that you're going to qualify to, to be at the trials, or what's that look like?
1: Yeah, um, there's a qualifying meet. Like, Olympic trials is held every four years, and that's the meet that you, that kind of decides if you go or not. So I guess I'll find out then. But hopefully, I mean, it is the goal to go. And then I've been told that Olympic trials and just like everything is going to be so much different because there's not going to be COVID. Like even at trials, the energy was so insane. Like I never really experienced anything like it, but half of the stands were still empty. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like when double the people are going to be there. Like that place is probably going to be so loud and so full of energy. So I really look forward to that.
0: Yeah, well, I can tell you they're already putting billboards up here. It's going to be in the football stadium and seventy thousand people. So yeah. I feel like a little bit different than what you what you were in into before. Um, you know, I already asked you what surprised you about the Olympics. People that are sitting here because I talk to so many different people. You know, it's not even all athletes, so I don't expect you know the listeners to always know everything about about every everybody that I talk to. So. What's some things that, you know, people that just have seen swimming casually, maybe just in the Olympics or maybe, you know, other other times, what's some things that maybe would would surprise people about the the sport of swimming and, and being, a, I guess, a, you know, somebody that, that competes at a high level with it? Um,
1: I think just like the amount of work that goes into this sport. We're doing mornings three times a week. So that means like doubles three times a week and we're waking up at like, 5 30 for it. And, um, lately we've had a huge schedule change. So we're actually, we have like morning stuff each week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have doubles. And then Tuesday and Thursday, we have, um, like a dry land circuit thing in the morning. And then we have practice at night and then Sundays are day off. But like, even in the mornings, um, like Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, we have practice from like 6 15, and then we have lift right after, and then lift usually ends around like nine. And then we have like another afternoon practice. So there's just like so much work that goes into it that I feel like people don't
0: see. For, for sure. I like to ask this question too, because you know, you would, you would assume that, you know, it's easy to look at the events that you do, you know, the, the races that you, that you swim or, or however you want to say it and, and think that's that's your your favorite but i've been surprised before so what is your favorite you know what's your favorite event what's your favorite style of of swim is it one that you do or or not necessarily
1: yeah the hundred fly is obviously like the most important event to me like that events like my child but um another event that i really like is the 2am and unfortunately i don't get to swim it as much because i think that this year it's going to be back to back, like af- it's like right after, right before the hundred fly. So I probably won't even swim it at world champ trials because um, there's no way that I would swim it if I did qualify at Worlds. So that's kind of a bummer. And, but I really like that event and I also love training. I am. So it's like, I am is um like fly back and breast and free. So it's like all the strokes, but I love like the variety and practice.
0: So what is, what's, what's your strongest stroke? Fly. fly. Yeah. Yeah. So you said that you said uh, you, you can't, that was an interesting way to put it. You said that it's your, it's your child. What, what is that? What's that mean?
1: Um, That's just, it's just like the most important event to me. I feel like, like, if I could choose one event, I would choose that one.
0: I gotcha. You. you said that you, right after the Olympics that you, you started at Stanford. What, what's your, what's your major at Stanford? What's that experience been like?
1: Okay, so I still haven't declared. I have to declare by the end of this year. Um, this year. So I think I'm going to do product design, which is in the engineering field. And I think it would be really cool to kind of tie that in with stuff like environmental um, engineering and stuff like that because um, I think that's something that I'm really interested in. But I haven't officially declared. And I'm like, even now, I'm kind of like, do I really want to do this or should I, like, do something else? And then I was thinking about maybe doing, like, a minor in like bio or something. I'm not really
0: sure. Well, that's my, my day job as an academic advisor. So I, we, we could go off on that for a long time, but I, I think that it's, uh you know, it, it's common that people don't necessarily know, you know, when it comes to being a, a collegiate athlete, you know, we've already talked about the pressures there. We already talked about how, you know, intense, you know, your, your training is, and that's on top of also being, you know, somebody who has to take classes. So how have you been able to manage that? You know, you've, you obviously were in high school yeah. and, and did that, but talk about the the being able to manage both things and, and be successful at both.
1: Um, it's obviously really difficult because being an athlete is like having six days in your week instead of seven because we're practicing for like 20 hours in the week. So it is like a handful, but I think it's all I've ever really known. Like I did this all throughout high school, so that definitely made the transition easier. But I think time management is just like a really big thing. And being really on top of things, so if you can manage your time wisely, you'll be fine. But it is exhausting at times.
0: Oh, I I can only imagine. Like yeah, that I I can only imagine how exhausting it would be. I want to ask you too about not on what's the most rewarding because obviously you know representing your country and getting a medal is is amazing. But what's the what's the the most fun? Is is it representing the national team, doing these things, or is it you know, your collegiate meets and, and doing, you know, representing Stanford, where do you have the most fun in your swimming career?
1: I love being with my teammates at Stanford. They kind of are like why I love the sport so much. And we just like do everything together. We eat together every night um, for breakfast and dinner. And we're like constantly doing things on the weekend together. I mean, my roommates, a swimmer. So it's just like, I'm kind of like surrounded by like all my best friends. And I think that's what I like most about the sport So, and they're actually like who I'm closest to. So I think that in general, I have the most fun during the collegiate season, just because I'm surrounded by them all the time. But I mean, I obviously have so much fun on like the national team too, but it's just, there's something about like living with these people every day and like being around them that like makes it so special.
0: Oh yeah, For, for sure. So when it comes to the collegiate season and the stuff with the national team, is it completely split up? Is it two different times of the year or is there times that you have to miss something, you know, miss a Stanford meet because you're doing something for the national team or is it split?
1: Um, they don't really overlap. So fall and winter is like the Stanford collegiate season. And that's always short course yards. And then uh, spring and summer is kind of like when all the national team stuff happens. And even in the spring, I'm still training with Stanford. and. Um, every day but that's kind of like when we kind of switch gears because it goes long course meters instead of short course so like the training kind of shifts to more like distance and more like aerobic stuff but yeah they don't really overlap too much
0: oh that that's that's good so what's a day look like off season right now in training
1: um our season never really ends (laughs) because um like the ncaa season ends and then long course starts and our training right now is actually so difficult. Like, I feel like I'm ba- barely able to function right now hmm. because anytime I'm back in my dorm, I'm just like, I must nap. And then I just like pass out for like two hours if I can, if I like don't have class. So right now all my time is kind of dedicated to like school, swimming and napping. <laughs> and
0: napping. But
1: um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, we don't really get a lot. I feel like swimming is a sport that like you can't really take a lot of time off of. like. I take like two weeks off for like the entire year and I'm like, I don't, I'm like worried that like I won't be able to get back in shape, which is like ridiculous, but I don't really take that much time off
0: usually. So are you telling me that I'm cutting into a nap right now, Tori?
1: No. (laughs) Sounds like it. (laughs) Um,
0: I, so I want to ask you about your, your parents and all of this, you know, obviously you said that you're from Virginia There's two things to talk about there. One, Virginia. I mean, if anyone knows geography, Virginia is pretty far from California. It's about as far as it can be. So, how have they managed that? But then, even more importantly, you know, they've been with you since the very beginning when you first started swimming and not sure whether you like it and wearing your wetsuit because you were cold. Now to actually going to the Olympics, all that that has to be crazy for them. So, what what do they think about you know everything that you've accomplished thus far?
1: Um, I think that the transition of like me going away was definitely more difficult for them than me. I definitely struggled but um, I was like so excited for the change and I feel like I really embraced it um but I think that they're really proud of me and they're just happy that I'm happy at Stanford but I definitely do miss them and it's always nice being back on the East Coast. Um, I feel like I like whichever coast I'm on like more at the moment like right now like on the west coast like, I feel like I like that more, but whenever I go back, I don't know. There's just something about it. And I usually go back, um, to Virginia. I'm like just outside of the, out of like the DC area. Mm -hmm. And whenever I go back for spring break, it's usually like the cherry boss, usually the cherry blossoms are blooming. So I always like get to see that and I'm kind of just reminded of like how like special that area is. So I do miss it sometimes.
0: For sure. I want to ask you now kind of in, in starting to wrap things up, What do you, you know, we already talked about your, your aspirations and, you know, that's, that we'll just have to kind of see what happens there, but what is your, your aspirations beyond that? Or is it, I know that there's, you know, there's professional swimming now. Um, is that something you're wanting to go into? Is it something that you, once you get your fashion engineering, whatever you said it was, you want to go into, to that world or or what's the future hold for Tori ask.
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure. And thinking about the future kind of scares me. But I mean, obviously, going pro would be really cool if I'm still competitive at that point. And um, after I get my degree, like, if I'm still also like, enjoying the sport, because I think it's going to be such a shift from like swimming with the team. Um, Because swimming is already like, kind of like an individual sport, as you said, but like, at least right now, I have like my team every day that like trains with me. And I mean, I would still kind of have that if I were to swim here, but it would be different because I wouldn't really be competing with them. So I don't really know how that would change or like affect how much I like the sport, because so much of why I like it right now is because of the people. So I don't really know If if I'm still really enjoying the sport in three years or whatever, and I'm still really competitive, then maybe that's something I would consider. But I could also see myself just like settling down with my job. So I don't really know.
0: Yeah, well, no, no one knows. I don't know what the future holds either. So, people that want to uh, want to follow along and, and see what what the future does hold for you, how uh, how can they follow along?
1: I don't know. I mean, I guess you could always like watch like the meets, like um, world champ trials, and also world. Um I think it's really important, kind of to like for swimming to get like more exposure and just so that people can maybe figure out if it's something that they would want to do. So. I guess kind of just by following the sport more.
0: I got you. This is normally where people plug their Instagram. Are you not wanting to plug your Instagram, Tori?
1: I mean, you can. I think it's just like my name, Tori Husk. Yeah. I got you. I mean, if you would like to. Very good. Well, I,
0: I appreciate your time. Thanks so much.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me.
0: So that was Tori Husk. Amazing conversation. Learned a lot. I've talked to people in this water world before. I don't want to say swimming, but I talked to... Leonie Beck, who is an open water swimmer from Germany. I talked to uh, Maddie Musselman, who is a two-time gold medalist when it comes to, uh, to water polo. Um, so I, I do know a little bit about the Olympic world uh, in in water sports but uh I, I I still learn so much every time I speak to to an athlete in this world and and that was no difference uh, here with Tori so I appreciate her time very much um, leave it to me in, in in a conversation to to ask you know the uh current American record holder uh, in 100 meter and 500 meter butterfly what uh their their best um their best stroke was obviously i think it's probably butterfly given uh, given they hold all these records so uh, my my ignorance is uh, is a i guess a, a moment for you to uh, to to smile or to, to smirk or to i guess to to facepalm but uh I uh, I learned so much from from Tori. I, I, I really appreciated her time. Uh, go follow along with her. She seemed a little bit uh, shy for 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 that, but uh, I do think that you' you're gonna be following along with somebody who's got a lot of amazing things uh, coming up. I, I think that she's got that fire, that passion to uh, to really do amazing things in in 2024 um, and beyond uh... when it comes to the olympics so i uh, I, I think that uh... The, the the future is bright and i'm excited to uh... to, to talk to someone who uh... i think will be uh, in a lot of headlines uh, uh... very soon so uh... thank you Tori, for being here thank you for listening um, if uh, if this is the first time you're you're checking the podcast out And uh, you haven't already left a five-star review on Apple and on Spotify. appreciate you going and doing that. Uh, Leave a written review on Apple. Even more amazing. Go follow us on Instagram, Not Enough Podcast, JacksonF.com, Not Enough with JacksonF on Facebook. Following along there really, really uh, is awesome. Helps us out a lot here. And uh, allows you to to see all the other amazing guests who have been on, over 150 other guests, and a lot of really awesome ones to come. So uh, we'll see you next week take it away, Chris. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep
1: being awesome.